Your AC works overtime all summer, so be sure to replace your old air filters with new Filtry air filters. They recommend updating HVAC filters at least every three months all year round. So order your Filtry air filters today at Filtry.com. Let's clear the air. Oh, motherfucker, you can't have my cornbread. That's for damn sure. Because if you try to take my cornbread, part two of my killing spree going to begin up in here on your ass right now. If you think about my cornbread making the taste out your mouth, that's for damn sure. Now fuck him, fuck this, cause I'm from New York City, goddammit. Nobody take no cornbread from me. That goes for you and any other you motherfucking farmers wanna try some shit. You fuck around with me, it's gonna be consequences and repercussions. What up, what up, what up, what's good, what's good fam? What's going on y'all? It's Maestro Styles and Trey Frazier here. Another episode of the Barbershop Sports Talk Podcast live on the website. That's www.barbershopsportstalkpodcast.com. Make sure y'all check us out on the Facebook page. Also, you can follow us on Twitter at BarbershopSPOR2. Also, you can follow us on Instagram at Barbershop Sports Talk Podcast. And also, you can find us on YouTube as well. Uh, Maestro Styles, we got him in the building. And we got a special guest on with us this week. We did this man's show Saturday. And we thought it was right for him to come on our show this Tuesday. And I just want to introduce to everyone else out here. uh, This gentleman's name is Jordan Rosario. He is the host of... Of the Keeping It 100 podcast, uh, which you can find on all the X Squad affiliate um, platforms. Also, um, I believe I believe his podcast is on Spotify and um, Apple Podcasts as well. So, uh, Jordan Rosario, what's what's going on, man? Hey, everybody, Maestro Trey, thank you so much for inviting me into your show today. When you were guys that were on my podcast already, that was a lot of fun and. Uh, I got to say, I am going to be fired up for some of these topics that we are going to be uh, talking about tonight. <laughs> no doubt. That's what's up. <laughs> no, no doubt. Yeah, you, you sound, <laughs> man, you sound in a good mood, fired man. Up. fired yeah. up, man. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, <laughs> oh, it may, may be, it may be something to do with uh, what's going on here in an hour and a half. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, no man. doubt. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah, we, we, we're going to get to that. We're, we're definitely going to talk about Nuggets and Jazz. It's uh, Game 7 going on tonight. Winner take all moves on to the next round. Um, I'd, I'd be remiss though if we didn't start out with the passing of John Thompson Jr., uh, yes, former coach, absolutely legendary coach legendary. at Georgetown University. And you know, since this is Maestro City, and you know, I want to kind of give him the floor and uh, you know, kind of talk about what you know John Thompson Jr. has meant to him and. You know, just some of the things that you've seen, you know, 
being a DC native and, you know, watching all the players come through Georgetown and watching him act and all that, uh, I'll start with you, Maestro. What you got? Um, yeah, for certainly. Uh, again, rest in peace, man. Condolences. Um, in my lifetime, uh, one of the bright spots in the DMV area when it comes to sports. Um, obviously, he coached uh, UN and, uh, and and more of my um, more of my time, Island Iverson, uh, the legendary Island Iverson, and uh, Victor Page, who uh, was a who taught AI the crossover. For those who don't know, Island Iverson, I tell you to this day. He got his crossover skills from Victor Page. Um, look, man, legendary dude, solid in the community. Um, I, I don't, I don't pretend to have this story 100% accurate because um, I was young and this was uh, the 80s, the crack epidemic, uh, the days of uh, Rayful Edmonds, and uh, you know that that era of drugs in the city. But um, you know, obviously, when you were a college player and when you um, you know, you were as good as a team as Georgetown was in the 80s. Um, you know, those college kids get, you know, particular perks, get to hang around the city, hang around certain people, and it's easy to get caught in with the wrong crowd. Um, there's a story, uh, a, a campfire story, where, um, you know, certain players was kind of getting mixed in with the wrong crowd, and John Thompson personally uh took it amongst himself to go speak to Rayful like Rayful Edmund and be like, you know, look, uh, you know, no you know, no shade to what you doing and all that. But, you know, these is college kids trying to get to where they try and get to, you know, in the NBA or whether it be college degrees or whatever they're you know, but um I'ma need you to kinda back up off of them a little bit so they can do what they need to do as far as the academics and as far as their uh uh athletics. Because the last thing we need is, you know, some type of a scandal, you know, or or players being mixed in with what you do on a national level. Obviously, um, you know, like I said, with the DMV area in the 80s being one of the uh, hot spots for drugs and uh, the crack epidemic. Um, so um, definitely respect to John Thompson and uh, the kind of man he was. Jordan, what you got? Well, I'm going to, because I personally have never seen uh, Thompson coach. Uh, during his heyday, I was probably about a, a decade too late, uh, born in 95. But mm -hmm. I am mm -hmm. going to talk about a disciple, if you will, of Tom Thompson, uh, Allen Iverson. I was actually going to talk about this on the show next week. There was a Twitter post that I wanted to uh, quickly touch up on. Uh, thanks for saving my life, Coach. I'm going to miss you, but I'm sure that you are looking down on us with a big smile. I would give anything just for one more phone call from you, only to hear you say, hey, MF. Then we would talk about everything except basketball. And when I, re when I really reflect on Iverson's personality when he was on the 76ers, when he was on the Denver Nuggets— that type of pit bull, I mean, he was called the answer for a reason. And I, I, I would be amiss to say that uh, certainly John Thompson didn't have some sort of influence on Ellen Iverson, especially after he uh, after Georgetown. So uh, my condolences to John Thompson and, of course, the the Georgetown University and, and, and Thompson's family. Yeah. Yeah, so... My my thoughts with uh, John Thompson Jr. is just, I mean, there's a lot of families in sports, right? But I think when they rank 
the top families in sports, I don't think the Thompson family gets enough love. You know, everybody talks about the Mannings in football, uh, the Williams sisters in tennis. I don't think people talk about the Thompsons enough, you know, when it comes to college basketball. So John Thompson Jr., he comes in. Georgetown is known as this white preppy school, um, not known for basketball back in the day. And then he comes in and he takes this program off and running. I mean, when you talk about the mid 80s, when Big East basketball was Big East basketball, um, all the players he had, Patrick Ewan, Alonzo Mourning, Dikembe Mutombo, Allen A.I. to answer Iverson, um, you know, and a few others um, that have, you know, came and gone there. Um, something interesting about this, too, and um, just to kind of sit to the um, stick to the family part of it, um, the fact that his son took over the coach, Georgetown, yeah. was, you know, dope in itself. Um as far as the players at Georgetown, there was a stretch for a while where under his tutelage, almost every person on that basketball team, you know, and I don't remember the years, but they served at least three to four years in college. And I, and I think that kind of shows you, and I know that that's been sort of the thing back in the day, but I think John Thompson made it um, sure that these players not only do you know, come in for your freshman year or sophomore year and then get out to the NBA. But he made sure you was going to, you know, stay all, you know, four years and then you can, you know, ride off to the NBA. He also pushed academics as hard as he can, you know, with the players, specifically um, black players. Um, that That's, you know, one of the things I loved about him. Um, the other thing is, is, you know, Maestro brought up the Rayful Edmund thing. And, you know, every time... John Thompson gets talked about, it seems like that story, you know, gets brought up a lot. Um, notorious drug dealer, you know, back in the 80s in D.C. Um, didn't learn really much about him until I moved out here about 20 years ago. And I know there was like a BET special called American Gangster. And I think Rayful Edmond was one of those, you know, gangsters that they highlighted in, in that show. And that's how I learned about the interaction between him and and John Thompson and the fact that John Thompson was the only dude to you know step to this cat you know because again this guy was notorious in the city and for him to just be like look man leave my players alone you know you you do what you do that's cool but my players I'm just I'm trying to get them on the right path and and I can't have nobody messing that up and Rayful Edmond was like I I'm a you know I'm a backup and I'm a chill and I, and, I, and I heard somebody say this on TV the other day. Apparently, Rayful Edmond, I don't want to make this about Rayful Edmond, so I apologize if people think I'm making this about him, but I did hear that he got released um, recently and is being held under witness protection. I don't know if you uh, heard that. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I ain't heard mm. that. Uh, okay. Me neither. Oh, okay. Well, I, I heard somebody say that on TV, but, um, but I do want to close this by just saying rest in peace to john thompson jr For and sure. uh shout out Absolutely. to the family and his kids um you know ronnie you know john the third and um tiffany his daughter um you know just want to you know give them a shout out so so i guess we can get into this game <laughs> i guess i guess we can get into this uh jazz and nugget series man game seven uh tonight on the line um, I, I got to go back to game six. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. I I I, I gotta right. go back. And to nothing game to be six. sorry about, man. It, man, it, it, no, please, please, man. Let's, uh, let's remember Game Six. <laughs> my man's, my man's, and it, you know it, it's so funny because I, I think on your show, Jordan, we were talking about Donovan Mitchell versus Jamal Murray, and how you you kind of felt like, man, we could have had Donovan Mitchell, and I'm like, wait a minute. You know, Jamal Murray ain't no slouch. He He's just as good himself. And what did he do in game six? He dropped another 50-burger. And, I mean, this guy's doing something, like, legendary. And I hate to, you know, use that word, you know, with, with him in his third, you know, season in the NBA. But what he's doing right what now is What he did is what is he did, legendary. though. Yeah, yeah. He, what he did is legendary. Two 50-point games. He had a 42-point game in the middle of that. And I, I hate to say it, bro. I, I think the Jazz are done. I, I, I know I said it was hard for me to believe that they blow this series, that they would blow a three to one lead. But after watching what I watched in those two games, you know, leading up to this point, I, 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 I mean, Donovan Mitchell could drop fifty, and it's probably nothing much more he could do about it if Jamal Murray is going to keep doing this. Hmm. So in a one on one, I mean obviously and obviously we're not talking about one on one, but in a star against star game seven, you're taking right now you're taking um uh Jamal Murray over Donovan Mitchell. You mean one on one as far as like I, the stats I, I, go? Obviously no, obviously we're not talking about one on one. I'm talking about this game seven, right? Now, okay, who's take, gonna win, you're saying? Yes, you're taking you're taking Jamal Murray over Donovan Mitchell right now? Yeah, yeah. I'm 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 taking the nuggets tonight, man. Okay. Because I I, I, mean, I I thought the Jazz would close this thing out in six, to be honest with you. Look, um, I'm with you. Uh, I thought that they would close it out, but let's be very clear. But I I also, I just thought my prediction was wrong. I had the Nuggets going to the finals. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I, I yeah, but no, I, no, I, I, look. My mind is a, is a whirlwind, bro. I, I change my mind all the time, and I'm okay with that. Um, Saturday, I was with you guys that the Jazz would probably close, and then this happened, and now I'm right back like I never left. I can look. I have no problem switch being wishy washy on a team that I'm not even really rooting for. Um, I, well, I think the Nuggets are going to win in Game Seven. I'm with you. Well, that's why I'm saying. I mean, at this point, you got to stick with the pick. I mean, they still in it. Yeah. Yeah, but like I said, when we spoke uh, earlier in the week or last week, uh, I I I was off the boat. I was. Yeah. I was off the boat, but yeah, nah, here we I, are. I hear you. I hear you. I, 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 thought, the, I thought the Jazz was going to close them out, but, uh, yeah, they, they, they opened the door too wide. Nuggets win yeah. tonight. Uh, so, Jordan, I know you want to wax poetic about your team, so I'm going to let you take the floor, man. Let's let's start off by saying, if I can go back and recap my, the time that you were on my show, I did say that uh, I would like Murray and – you know Mitchell on the same team same because team. that was that was what happened. We had mm-hmm. Mitchell the 2017 NBA draft num- pick number 13, and we traded him away for some guy named Trey, and he doesn't even play with the team anymore. So you know he, that was a great decision by the Nuggets franchise at that point in time. Trey Burke, another story. Trey Burke, thank you. Mm-hmm. And Trey Burke's not even on our team anymore. So again, great decision by the Nuggets front office. But presently speaking. Murray has been golden. I always, I did say when we were down 3-1 that Murray and the Joker need to pick it up. I even said this when we were down 2-1. And so far, Murray has stepped up. He has dropped 
50, 40, and now 50 again. And we are coming into this series with the biggest momentum that we need. I I, I fully believe that Murray will uh, will turn on the Jets yet again. I'm going to need Joker to pick it up just a little bit more. 22 points a game six, not bad, but I really do want to a little bit more and one of the unsung heroes that i want to talk about considering the fact that he didn't even play last season and yet he is starting to make his mark little by little michael porter jr did he have mm-hmm. great points no did he have great assist no but what is important especially because we were talking about offense defense back on our show rebounds 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 and he put up 12 12 rebounds in 28 minutes not bad, not bad, because considering the fact you don't get rebounds that often. So what is going to be important, my closing? Grant, 18 points, game six. Would love to see him a little bit more because when we play against the Clippers, we need Grant to get going because Grant has had a great defensive matchup against Kawhi Leonard when we played them in the regular season before, you know, of course, coronavirus happened. So he's going to be important. Joker, I think he's going to go off. I think we are going to see the MVP Nikola Jokic. I'm con- triple double, triple double. <laughs> I am calling a triple double on the tower of Nikola Jokic, and the Nuggets are going to play the Clippers. You can book it. Mm. I like that energy. Mm. <laughs> I like it, man. I'm like, I, I, I like what you're saying, man. And look, I, I feel like we, I feel like we kind of, we kind of need to hurry up and get you off the line. So you can, so you don't miss the tip off, man. Because I don't want you, to, I don't want you to feel like you're missing something great, man. Oh uh, no, I, you know what? I'm, I'm already here. I am doing something great. Uh, the Nuggets can wait, but this is a great, great show, and and I appreciate being a part of it. I'm very honored to join with you guys today. Yeah, no doubt, man. Appreciate that. Hey, I want to get into the chat room real quick, and um, we do have one of our A one day ones who is also a Denver Nuggets fan based out of Denver. Uh, Big yes, Kev three hundred three is in the chat. What's going on, Kev? Uh, just a couple of comments from him. He said the return of Gary Harris is huge for the Nuggets' best perimeter defender. Uh, facts, because I did see him the other night, and he did uh, play a role in them, you know, winning that game. And then um, Trey Lyles. I-, I know I said Trey Burke, but I think um, Trey Lyles was the person you were talking about, Jordan. Yeah, Trey Lyles, that guy. Hey, he he is not even on the roster, so that was just a waste of a trade. And like I said, I can go off about that trade, but you know that's that's the past. I'm looking forward to the present. No doubt, no doubt. Uh, just a few other people here in the chat. So, I want to give a shout out to uh, Miss Mocha Bella, uh, repping the X Squad is up in here. We got RC, yeah, the boxing aficionado. What's also, um, I think hey, hey. Uh, I think that's it. Yeah, that's all we got in the chat right now. Go ahead, Maestro. Yeah, no, I, I was going to ask Jordan, man. So, um, look, I'm I'm a big dreamer, man. So I'm going to ask you to dream with me. Uh, probability of the Nuggets going to the finals? I predicted before the season started that the Nuggets will reach the conference finals. If I had to predict the road ahead, so you're telling me that we need to beat the Clippers, okay. That's doable as long as we can get Grant on track. That is going to be our key for that series. So if that happens, absolutely they get to the conference finals. Now, who do we play there? I definitely believe because, you know, I don't believe in either the Houston Rockets or the Oklahoma City Thunder. So we got to have to play the Lakers in the conference finals. It will be tough, but I give the Nuggets a 
if we play the Lakers in the conference finals, I give the Nuggets a 55% chance of reaching the finals. Mm. 55. Mm. I like that. That's because good. I want That's I confident. want I want my revenge from 2009. I want to stick it to the Lakers. Mm. Mm. 2009. You've been holding this since 2009. That's mm. right. When conference the, when finals, the... Melo and uh, Chauncey Billups, J.R. Smith, mm-hmm. that crew. Yep. And we got beat. We got beat by the Black Mamba. Rest in power. Rest yes. in power. Yes, yeah. sir. Yes, sir. Man, yeah, I, yeah, I, I would love to see the Nuggets get to the conference finals, and I, I do think that that's going to be a pretty solid matchup in the second round against the Clippers. Um, I, I think the key for the Nuggets, you, you said one of them, which is Jeremy Grant. I think the other key is is really going to be how uh, Michael Porter Jr. you know improves that shot. Um, I know he's played some you know great defense, but. I, I think Michael Porter Jr., I mean, that guy could shoot the ball. I I think Absolutely. Can, I, I think this guy can give you a good, you know, 17, 18 points easy off the bench. And, and you pointed back out Gary Harris. Now, he didn't have the greatest offensive game, you know. He had a great defensive game, but Gary Harris is going to be very important for us, too, down the line. I need him to have—I don't need him to put up Murray or Joker numbers that I expect than to put up tonight— but I definitely need Harris to give me a good solid 10, 15, 20. If he could contribute that, then the Nuggets are golden. Mm. No doubt. No doubt. Mm. Maestro, you, you got anything else? Or you, hey, man, you like straight, I said, man. I, picked the, I picked the Nuggets to go to the finals, man. So I'm, I'm interested to see if, if, uh, if I'm right. No doubt. No doubt. Hey, um, can, can, we, can we now talk about Chris Paul? Now, <laughs> yeah, we right, can well, talk. We well, can talk hold on. about Chris. Paul. Before we talk about Chris Paul, because okay. I thought you was going, I thought you was going to shout these folks out. I know we shouted them out on, um, on uh, keeping it one hundred podcast. Mm-hmm. I, I, but I do need to take the time to shout out Chadwick Bozeman, rest in peace. Yes, sir. And I also need to Absolutely. say rest in peace to Cliff Robinson on on our platform. Uh, I also need to uh, put out there that Brianna's killer, Brianna Taylor's killers are still out in the street as well as Ahmaud Arbery. And uh, um, um, I'm drawing a blank and, on my and man. And Jacob Blake. And Jacob, Jacob Blake, Blake, for that yeah, matter. I was about yeah. I'm drawing a blank on the recent name. There's so many happening right now that we can't <laughs> remember the, even remember the list. But, uh, I, you know, I, I make it my business to make sure that that is um, put out there on a consistent basis. Also, uh, I don't know if you've been checking my Twitter, Trey. I have been pretty consistent in tweeting Dan Snyder. He needs to sell the team. Sell the team, bro. Go ahead, yeah, sell it. So, so I sell ended up following team. him. I, I ended up following him. And I didn't follow him. I'm just going to tweet him now. You, you didn't follow? Okay. So no, I, 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 I followed him, and, of course, this me- message pops up that uh, I got to be approved as a follower. So it's like, oh, okay, you one of them cats. All right. It's all good. Yeah. Um, I mean, still still, still going to shout you it. out. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah. I, ain't, I ain't tripping off of it, but yeah. it's like, all right. He's, and let's be clear. He's cool. not going to follow you back. So, I'm expecting to follow me back. I, yeah. I, I just want to holler at him on Twitter. That, that's that's all I want. <laughs> well, you realize you ain't. You can just add him though. He'll get it if you add him. You could or his oh, team. Will get oh, it without if you following add him, you don't have him to, right? Yeah, you don't have to. Yeah, you don't gotcha. have to follow him. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. yeah, yeah. And yeah. It, if I may, something before we jump on to the next subject, especially because uh, Maestro was so eloquently pointing out, uh, 
uh, rest in power to, to to the deceased. If I could add one more name, uh, the creator of Scooby Doo, uh, he's famous for uh, you know back that back in that '60s series all the way up until Mystery Incorporated. Uh, Joe Ruby, the creator of Scooby Doo, had passed away on Friday, and I also would like to give my deepest respects for him as well. One hundred percent. Rest in peace. Rest in peace, Joe Ruby. Rest in peace. I know we could back with sports. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's let's do that. Well, let's you you, you, wrench, you mentioned Dan Snyder. I I I gotta say this on our platform, Maestro. I I, I really gotta say this. Dan Snyder, sell the team, sell yeah, the team 100%. now. It's only getting worse. It's only getting worse for you. Oh my god! And that goes for you too, Woody Johnson. That's a fact. Yes. Yeah. Facts. Facts. And uh, Jordan, are are you surprised that? the Woody Johnson thing isn't getting the coverage that it deserves? You know, I'm surprised only because when I consider, you know, who's more entertaining, the uh, the Washington football team that can't seem to uh, pick itself up from the ground, or do I want to uh, consider the uh, other franchise in New York that I always like to eloquently call the clown franchise? Because that's what the Jets are, a bunch of clowns. Woody Johnson not getting this coverage is to me, deeply insulting, especially to a New Yorker, because people need to know that this this is serious. I mean, this isn't like, you know, some off-kilter comment that he made like 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. This is stuff that he was doing as a UK ambassador mm. while he was working under the T-word. Okay? Yeah. So yeah. the fact that he has not gotten the coverage like Snyder has? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that that that's shameful, bro. That that's just. I, I mean, I mean, when you when you look at the grand scheme of things, both franchises are, are stupid. Yeah, they're, they're stupid franchises. I, I I like to call the clown franchises stupid franchises. So yeah, but, but, but they're being ran by stupid people. So yeah. it's like, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're yeah. owners. It, it We're literally talking it. about the people who own this team. Yeah, own these teams. And yeah, it, it further explains why I call them stupid, but. Um, but yeah, th- there's just absolutely no reason why um, Goodell hasn't even sniffed Woody Johnson in terms of you know an investigation. And as far as just letting you know the Washington team do its own internal investigation, that's that's a straight up conflict of interest right there. And if I'm that's... Goodell and the owners, I, I, I you know what this article came out. You got more women talking. And, you know, the play-by-play guy was even more involved with, you know, some of the women and, you know, trying to get them naked and all this stuff. Like, man, yo, yo, get, get this guy out of here. I, yeah. I, I, I can't understand why, why, why can't Dan Snyder get the Donald Sterling treatment? I don't, I don't understand. Uh, Trey, un- uh, unfortunately, when we look at Woody Johnson, when we look at Roger Goodell, I'm not surprised Roger Goodell has proven to be time after time after time, and I will say these say this on the airwaves, he is spineless. Mm-hmm. All right, he, he does not have the clout or the gall or the caones that Adam Silver has. Yeah. Yeah, that that's a fact. That's a fact. Sound like you're saying Roger Goodell pussy. I co-sign that. Mm, exactly. <laughs> a little Spanish co-sign flavor it. for the that, show. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> that, no, that, I like that, that. That money, that money make him pussy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, look. Hey. <laughs> that money make him pussy. <laughs> you call him a filthy hoe. <laughs> yeah, Sideline like hoe. 
Yeah, I feel sideline ho. Oh, sideline <laughs> ho. Got a little bar. Okay, I see you with the Monica bar. Nice little Monica yeah. reference. Shout out to Monica reference. and Brandy. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, <laughs> all man. All right. So, Chris Paul, let, 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 let's get to it. And um, let, me, let me give a shout out to RC uh, in the chat here. He says, are you going to reset that conversation about Chris Paul at some point? Are you convinced he can take over games? Um, so I don't nope. know if RC. I don't know if RC is being facetious or no, he's he, or, no, he or, or, or he's of he the opinion that. that Chris Paul, you know, can you know take over a game. I think he. I think RC is convinced. I don't know at all, but um, I'm, I, I've been like I've been saying when this when games are close and he's not need scared ba- to take the shot and you need baskets, he's not scared to take shots. <laughs> See, it's not. It's. N- I'm not saying that Chris Paul is not a good player. I think he's very much a what I would consider a he's a he's Hall of Fame. But right now, I'm talking about like current career, current season. Mm-hmm. He's probably like a second tier star. He's not really the type of guy that I'm looking for to get you to a finals. The real conversation that we need to have is once again. Year after year after year, James oh. Harden choking in the playoffs. Oh. That's, That's what it was. Yeah. Say that then. Look. Look. <laughs> James Harden choked. Look. He choked. I'm with you, bro. Uh, look. Yeah. I wasn't going to be the one to say it because I, 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 I've been critical of James Harden, even though I, I think he's he's an amazing scorer. Um, but he ain't that. I mean, look. See, this is why I get conflicted about my whole star conversation. Because, look, there's no doubting that James Harden is a star. There's there, there's no doubting that, and superstar. he scores. Yeah, he scores too much for you to not even for you to not say he's not a superstar. He scores too much. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, can you really be a superstar when you shrink like this? On it's been several occasions where he's shrunken like this. So can he really be a superstar? Because let's be clear, mm-hmm. I'm about to give Giannis the same smoke. Um, well, not really, because Giannis just did what he had to do. But no, no. Take that nah, back. Giannis nah, is about to get that smoke. smoke. Giannis is about to get that same you, smoke nah. that, that I'm referring to. Yeah, he's about not to get that, that same smoke. Not after that yeah. game one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's about to get that same smoke. So it's like if you consistently don't perform when it really, really, really matters, mm. are you really a superstar? Let's, yeah. let, let me be clear. If James Harden don't get them out of this, he's downgraded in my book. He's downgraded. He's that's, no longer a superstar. Well, and, he can and score the, all the and, points he wants. And, and the other thing that's going to happen is Mike D'Antoni is going to get fired from Houston if they lose this game yeah. seven to uh, damn OKC shame. tomorrow. Damn shame. Damn shame. And and let's be clear. D'Antoni should be fired if that's the case. Let's be, let, me, let me be clear on yeah. that. Oh, but yeah. damn shame that he put all his eggs in the basket of a James Harden and James Harden continues to not deliver and not just and that surprised. not just that and t- maestro and and jordan i'm i'm gonna reference the offseason trade these two teams swapped point guards russell westbrook for chris paul and i was hoping that at some point this playoffs that we would get these two teams going at each other because i thought that this was going to be a compelling series just because of the trade just because of the history and here we are it's game six, and I'm going to reference RC by saying that he blames the last night's loss on Russell Westbrook. And I kind of and I kind of agree with RC because you look at that fourth quarter, uh, six turnovers by Russell Westbrook, and there were yeah. there were moments 
where you said, yo, you got to get that ball in James Harden's hands. Like, right. Russell Westbrook, I think you the truth, but you, you Harden's got to get his hands on the rock. And, and why does just, James, and why does, and, and at what point does James Harden not say, hey, look, man, he turned the ball over? Yeah, right, right. And at what point does he not say as that to him directly? As team, as the guy, as the number one guy on that team, mm-hmm. at what point do you go to your coach or go to whoever you need to go to and say, hey, nah, my or, turn. Or go to, go to, go to his homeboy. That, uh, Russell yeah. Westbrook, that's his homeboy. Talk to that nigga. Be like, yo, yeah. you know. Dude, you you turning the ball over, man. We we gotta get out of this series. Let me take over this game. And you saw it, like you've seen in previous seasons when he was with the Thunder. Turnovers late in you know big spots. Um, you know you can reference the three one collapse against the Warriors a few years ago. That was partly on Westbrook. Um, yeah, this 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 stigma is not just gonna be on Westbrook. It's gonna be on Harden as well. But specifically, man. Russell well, Westbrook. Man, I you, won't put so much. If you're talking about just this p- past game, yeah, Russell Westbrook. But let's be clear, mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook hasn't been there. So I mean, I ain't, I ain't going. Is is mm-hmm. in regards to the series? Right. I'm not going. I'm gonna shoot Westbrook a little bit of bail. He what he was out, and you know, obviously he shot terrible the game before, and then he had the turnovers in this. Yeah, you know, seven points, right? Being bad, yeah, and he had the turnovers in uh, this last game. So he's been bad since he's been back. Right, but right. Um, you, I would, I would kind of shoot him bail because he was playing decent before the injury. So and probably um, not a hundred percent at this point. Still, maybe, I, maybe you know. So it, mm-hmm. it, for me, uh, yeah, Russell Westbrook, you are certainly responsible for this past game. But um, this, this, this lies in right in James Harden's lap in my in my book. This lies right in his lap, um, and. Because you're the star, because you're the number one guy, and because your coach was uh, had so much faith in you to put all the eggs in that basket and not build a real team around James Harden. Mm-hmm. Let me be clear, I stand on that. Um, this small ball team and all this other bullshit. Um, nah, this ain't this ain't it. This ain't it. You're not gonna win a championship this way, and you're gonna lose your job for it. So, I have a go ahead, go ahead, Jordan. I'm sorry. I, I... No, 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 you're you're fine, Trey. I have a different take. Yes, Harden is choking. Yes, Westbrook is not playing well. I even said, you know, before the season started that you can't have a team with Harden and Westbrook on it. They are two alpha males. There is no way because I remember I was reading a stat that they were number one, number two in ball usage. Like, you know, mm-hmm. ball hogs, that's that, that's not going to work on, on team basketball. Number That's number one. Yeah. Number two, am I surprised that D'Antoni is blowing another series? No. I, I saw what I saw in Houston. I've seen what I've seen with the Lakers. <laughs> Listen, Trey, I don't have to remind you what he did with the Knicks. Oh, God. So, so when we talk about who is to blame, Dan, I'm going to need to get some onus to Dan Tony. He does not know how to manage his players, and he never knew how to manage his players. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that, too. I agree with that, too. The only thing Dan Tony gave me was Linsanity for about half a season. That was about it, Jordan. Yeah, for half a second. For half mm. a second. That, that was it, man. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, fellas, uh, Game 7, who wins? I am. I'm going to stick with my pick with the Rockets because um, 
I think I let me say this. I think, and as much as I just got fans ragging on James Harden choking, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to down this brother. I want him to get his moment. So for that reason, I hope he recognizes that this is his moment amongst you know obviously other moments he's had. But I hope he recognizes that this is his moment, and if he does and does what he's supposed to be doing. This should be a 50, 60-point game. Thunder won't know what to do with that. What you got, Jordan? Uh, I'm going to agree with Trey, really because I picked the Rockets to win this series against the Thunder. I, I just don't – I definitely don't think Chris Paul is enough. But they are going to get destroyed by the Lakers. Let's let's be yeah, 100%. Yeah. Of course, of course. But I'll say this, though. Um much respect to Chris Paul for leading this team and running Absolutely. this offense the way this yeah. offense was clearly supposed to be ran. Not Billy surprised. Donovan should have had this guy on his team two seasons ago. We'd be having a different conversation about the Thunder, I think, because Chris Paul knows how to run a basketball team. So let me be clear in what my criticism is about, not even criticism, my observation or description of what Chris Paul is. Chris Paul is a leader, a point guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, the best, one of the best to ever do it. Um, but um, when it comes down to that moment when sets and X's and O's don't matter, it, this is where the Thunder, I would, I think, would have to gracefully bow out. You know, with uh, it, it's unfortunate because what it comes down to, it, it, there's just there's not enough ta- talent with the Thunder to get them past the Rockets. They had enough talent to make it competitive. The, the Thunder have surprised me in ways I didn't expect. And mm-hmm. if Thunder management next season really gets their their ball going, then I can really see Oklahoma being a dangerous playoff contender next year. It's just not their year. Not not they are lacking too much in talent to continue any further. I agree. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I picked the Thunder in an upset and, you know, after kind of just watching the series and the way it's going and the way it's flowing, um, my head tells me the Rockets are going to win tomorrow. Um, my heart wants the Thunder to win. Uh, let me just, you know, kind of be clear about that. Um, you're right, Jordan. They don't have um, the talent to overcome James Harden if James Harden does what he you know is capable of doing um and and chances are if James Harden is doing that combined with shooting threes if they get that going then the Thunder are going to get blown out by 25 if 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 all that happens um so I'm going to stick with the Thunder but I, I I just have a feeling in my head that the Rockets yeah that wouldn't be I would I will say this I will say this: If the Thunder end up winning and they and they play the Lakers, mm-hmm. I am going to give Chris Paul the benefit of a doubt that he can lead his team and make that series very competitive with the Lakers. But mm-hmm. I'll get to those predictions when right. the time comes. Yeah. Right, right, no doubt, no doubt. So let's uh, let, let let's give the Greek freak all the smoke that he deserves for this yeah. uh, game one loss to the Miami Heat. I I watched maybe a half of this basketball game and you know because there were other um programming things on last night I didn't get a chance to catch the second half. But um but yeah, very like I was like wow cuz they were up by 
I mean, Bucks were up by like ten points for most up of that by first 11. half. Yeah. About 11, yeah, yeah, for most of that first half. And so I didn't get a chance to catch any highlights. I saw the final score. Um, I've heard people talk about how Jimmy Butler um, was just, you know, being a man amongst boys in the fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah, like he was just doing his thing, dropping 40, and, you know, the Bucks just kind of lost their way. And uh, so what what are we to make of this? Um, is, is this the Greek freak, you know, not – you know, showing up again like last year, or is it just Miami's just got that defense where they could just put a wall in front of him and then have to force force other guys on the Bucks to hit hit shots? I've really... uh, go ahead, Jordan. Oh, good. Uh, I'm sorry not to cut you off. Go ahead, Maestro. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. You you are oh. guess, brother. Go ahead. Okay. 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 So the thing here's what I believe this series comes out to. It's not even really about the Greek freak, in my opinion. This is all about Jimmy Butler, the guy that went up to Milwaukee, went up to Giannis, went up to the Greek freak and said, I ain't afraid of you. And that's what he did in game one. And here's the thing. When I look more in depth about this, this is really the team that I can definitively say that Jimmy Butler is the alpha dog in. In Chicago, when he was over there, it was mm-hmm. Derrick Rose. When it was Milwaukee, he was, to me at least, on the onset, he was kind of third behind. Uh, you, not, you, mean, no, no, no. you mean Minnesota? Right, Minnesota, sorry. Okay, okay. Uh, with Minnesota, I mean, he was behind Wiggins. He was behind Anthony Towns. Just in terms of how the franchise treated him, I'm not saying that Jimmy Butler was right. uh, was worse. I'm, I'm yeah. just talking about organization perspective. And then Philadelphia, you know, Embiid was the leader and not Butler. Now in Miami, this is his team. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. is Jay Crowder to the alpha dog? No. Is Goran yeah. Dragic? No. Duncan mm-hmm. Robinson? No. Bam Adebayo, nice kid. No. Mm -hmm. It is Jimmy Butler all the way. And so when I look at that and I saw what he did against Milwaukee, I'm thinking to myself, the the Heat are going to win this series. When I Mm -hmm. think about it more and more and more, 40 points he scored in game one, Jimmy Butler did. I have a – I'm predicting that the Heat are going to win. They're gonna go wow. on to the. I'm go. They're going on to the finals against mm. Toronto. Wow. Mm. Okay. Wow. Okay. Wow. Okay. Um. Yeah. <laughs> see, for me, for me, and you know, so Giannis in the post game conference, they asked him about why he didn't switch on to Butler at some point in the fourth quarter, mm. and his answer was, "I do whatever my coach tells me to do." See. Excuse, <laughs> which is a yeah, lie. Like, which 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 really is a lie. Like, that, like, that's that's on, just bruh. that's just more for that come was on, that's just come more on, so for bruh. the mic. Nah, nah, nah. I, I don't you, believe that. You, you saying that? What do you what do you like? You think he's lying about he don't do whatever his coach tell him to do? Yeah, I I, I just I just think you just don't want to throw him under the bus. I, I, that's just my opinion. Well, I think that's throwing him under the bus because why in the hell again? This is the playoff. This ain't no regular season game where you could just, oh, you can you can grab this for data and recognize that Jimmy Butler might go the fuck off if you don't put your best defender. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, defensive player of the year on your, the times. number one. Right, on the number one guy who's going the fuck off in your in in your you know, in game one. League MVP. At some, yeah, at some point at some point 
you got to assert who is the man in this series. And it's supposed to be Greek Freak. And it goes all the way back to this conversation about him headbutting Mo Wagner in the bubble. It's like, why don't why don't these stories catch headlines when the Greek Freak talk? And it's simple. He's not a superstar. And his play can he's a great player. Don't get that confused. Great player. This is the this is probably the most um I don't want to say underrated. Hell, I guess at this point we gotta say overrated. The most overrated MVP and you said two time defense or I thought this was his first defensive player of the year. But um about to be a two time league MVP in my book. You think he's um, gonna win MVP this year? I think so. Okay. Well, okay. I mean, yeah, I, I'll ask you. Why. I mean, it's a debate. I mean, I don't think it's like a runaway, but I, I, I just somehow think he's going to win it. And give oh, I appreciate things. where you come from, Trey. I appreciate yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, but give it LeBron. But we'll hold. But let me get my point off before I say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, look, man, this dude has consistently, consistently, consistently not performed in these playoff moments. And he's been in the playoffs for a couple for a few years now. Um, and yeah, lost to the Raptors, right? And I and I and I get the bump for like a six seed or something like that. I I, I yeah. get that. But in, a, in a situation where I feel like he should have been able to step up, because really, again, and it goes all the way. It goes back to this again. When you are that size, and shouldn't nobody be able to stop you? I'm sorry. I don't. I, yes, I would love for him to be able to develop a consistent jumper. That would be great too. But when you decide, hey, I'm going to the rack, shouldn't nobody because you're fast enough to get past the big guys and the small guys can't can't guard you. If you want to go to the rack, you should be able to get to the rack. I'm I'm sorry, I'm not. A, this is just um, this is just not acceptable for me for Giannis and you know our league MVP or you know last year's league MVP. So as far as he's still out of league MVP until somebody else is named. Um, that he don't want to take over a game and he don't want to guard the best guy when you just got finished crying about winning defensive player of the year. It's not, no, it's not okay for me. It's not okay. Go ahead, Jordan. Well, I can't, I cannot have Giannis win MVP this year. Here's why. Because an MVP to me, is and I know that the NBA doesn't really judge it this way, but I want to see it both in the regular season and postseason. Milwaukee looked, sh- I get it that they ended up taking the next four, but they looked a little shaky against Orlando. Yep. That was not a good sign. It did, listen, I'm not saying Orlando Magic has a bunch of scrubs or anything like that, but this is a team you're supposed to sweep. Yeah. You know, take out take out the trash, essentially. Mm-hmm. So for them to have to do that five games, a little concerning. Now, is it a little bit harsh that I judge them based on that? Maybe. But here we go again. A big-time player. It was Kawhi Leonard last year. He's he Jimmy proved. Butler. That's wrong. Yeah. It's Jimmy Butler this year. And you're the defensive player of the year. And I get it. You weren't assigned to Jimmy Butler, but you're really going to – let him go 40 on you game one and think that's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like what was that conversation on the bench? Like with Budenholzer, like, Hey man, Jimmy, like, did you ever go to your coach? Like, Hey man, Butler killing us, man. I, I, I need to strap him. I mean, hell, why wasn't it Budenholzer's idea? Like, Hey man, Butler killing us, man. I'm gonna need you to strap that up. Like, why is that not? Why was none of these conversations uh, had as he was going off? 
I'm not surprised because I alluded to this in, you know, on, on our show when you guys came on. When I look at Milwaukee, when I look at Miami, I don't like the – I'm not they – they're not good coaches. I It was strictly just talent. So mm. what I'm really meaning to say is I don't believe Mike Budenholzer is a good coach. Wow. And let me say something to that because I think there's moments where Budenholzer, you know, can, you know, coach up a good game plan and, you know, lead a team to victory in, you know, certain moments, particularly in the regular season. And then there's moments like, you know, during his tenure with the Bucks, there's moments where I feel like he feels like he's coaching the Atlanta Hawks, that that 60 win Hawk team that had no superstars and mm. it was just strictly all team ball. Like they was they was moving the ball real well, got a solid point guard, had a couple of knockdown shooters on the perimeter. Al Horford, you know, you know, kind of doing his thing a little bit. But, dude, you got the Greek freak. You don't I was about have, to say, he's cut the creek. Right. You you don't have these Hawks anymore, dude. You actually have a team with a potential superstar on it. Yeah. Let that man let that man do him. Let that, that man the league, take over a that game. That the league been trying to christen him for three years. They've been trying to knight him. They've been trying to put him above LeBron for three years. And yeah. here we are. Yeah, like, come I, on. Like, stop it. Let Get that, get that man the reins. If you, I mean, I'd be stunned if he didn't give him the reins already, but... Please, this guy is the star. He's the guy that's going to get you to where y'all need to be at. Let this guy go. 18 points, yeah. and I'm sorry, I get the Greek freak is not a scoring machine, but 18 points ain't enough for Shit. me. Not, Shit. For, not from him. You're not a scoring machine? The Greek freak? I don't think he's a scoring machine. Like He don't yeah. got a jumper, but but he's good. He, he should be good for 25, and really in the playoffs, he should be good for 29-30. He should and, be good for that in the playoffs. But that's but that's my point. Like, 18 just ain't good enough for me. But when I mean, yeah, scoring, nah. but when I mean scoring machine, I'm talking about, like, when Harden could drop 40 or, you know, Donovan Mitchell or Jamal Murray drop 50. I'm, I'm talking about... Those numbers, like I, yeah. like you rarely see. Okay, Greek yeah, Freak. he ain't that. Okay, right, yeah, and, and and that's what I mean. Like you rarely see that from him. It's you, and, that, it's and that's why Chris Middleton was is is so important in that in on that team. Right, and um, the yeah, problem man, with Chris I, Middleton is just he's just not athletic enough, man. Like you could you could easily stop that guy from doing what he does best, and he's got no other moves that you know that's going to scare you after that. You know, we alluded to this uh, back up back on my cast too. Uh, specifically, Maestro referred to Giannis going to the Golden State Warriors. They lose here, you can guarantee those talks will be happening soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, no question. He ain't got to be. He ain't got to be the man in Golden State. Yeah. No, last year on his contract after the season. Keep mm-hmm. that in mind. So either they gonna ride with him next year, or. They, hell, they might just talk about trading the guy. Who who knows? And the problem is, and the problem is, is that you're going to pay him big boy money, even though he ain't playing like a big boy in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. No question. You, you got to pay him big boy money. He deserved that. Yeah. Right. So this series, um, I don't think we talked about you know predictions and stuff like that. So for me, I'm still gonna stick with the Bucks here. Um, and and it's game one, and I get that. You know, they let game one slip away. I'm I'm just thinking at the end of the day, and Maestro alluded to it, when you got that much size 
And you could take it to the rack as, you know, many times as you want, even though he's not, you know, doing it to the potential that he could do it. At the end of the day, I'm just not sure Miami has the guys consistently. And I mean, I mean consistently, and I get they they play some great defense. But in the end, man, you know, the the stars got to rise. And Greek Freak, he's just hard to stop. You know, so I'm 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 gonna give it to the Bucks still. I think the Bucks win in six. I'm gonna give Miami some respect. Um, man, Trey, it, you kind of hit it on the head, and, and and but for me, I think this might be the dethroning of a star and the crowning mm-hmm. of a new one. Yeah. Um and I'd be uh, happy for Jimmy Butler. I'd be I happy for the, him. I got the Heat in seven. I okay. got the Heat in seven. They'll fight. Um, the Bucks will fight, and, and and Greek Freak will do what he does because that's just you know athletically that's just who he is. Right. But I I I think when when again I think when it gets tight, Jimmy Butler is a dog, and I don't think Greek Freak is a dog. I think he just athletic. Mm-hmm. I think he just got size and he's athletic. Mm-hmm. I think Jimmy Butler is a dog. Jimmy Butler got a better jumper. Jimmy Butler wasn't to go in them trenches and strap up who he got strap up and then still score. Like we we sleep. Jimmy Butler is a legit two way player. He ain't it ain't just offense for him. He a two way right. player. Right. Um. Uh. I I got I got the Heat in seven, man. I I think and and let's and let me let me say it like just like I meant it when they played Orlando. Mm-hmm. Um. If there was a chance that the Milwaukee Bucks are anywhere besides the conference finals, uh, Giannis Greek Freak, he got he got to be dethroned, man. He ain't he's not that guy. He's not that guy anymore to me. He's not. They need to stop all this Greek Freak, you know, possibly being better than LeBron one day. All that got to cease in my book. He got to go to conference finals at least. Yeah. Well, he got to get to the finals this year. I would. I mean, I, look. Let's be real. He I mean, get yeah, to the when, when you look at year. the competition, yeah. When you look at the competition, yeah. I mean, yeah. You're right. Because let's be clear, if if the Raptors are the if the Raptors is the team, the other team that you're concerned about, yep. um, this is the same situation. He should be able to dominate whoever yeah. else is on the other side of that team. And yeah. really if you're talking about the Celtics, there's nobody with Giannis' sizes, nobody with Giannis' size too. They got but it would be him beating another dog and uh Tatum. That um, you know, it, it would be that situation again. Well, um, he's continually, it, to continuously going to be for uh, faced with guys who who are dogs, and you got to assert who's who's the bigger dog, who got the bigger bite. And right now, it don't look like he can pass Jimmy Butler. If I'm just basing this off of right, game one right. and Giannis Giannis's past, just to make point about Jason Tatum and the Celtics, I think the Celtics got three dogs. I think Jason. I mean, mm. I think Jalen. I think Jalen Brown is a dog. I don't think Jalen Brown is a dog. I'm, I, I'm not, let's be clear. No, uh, when I say I don't, I'm talking about yeah. Oh, they scrappy players. I'm talking about dogs. Like it's a like 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 allow me to separate. We're not counting on Jalen Brown to take over no game. We're not counting on Kimball sure. Walker to take over no. It's Jason Tate. Like every team has that one. You'd be blessed to have that. You have to have two. Um, but everybody sure. has that. Everybody has that one. That one for Boston is uh, Jason Tatum. That one for um, shit. I don't know who that. The one for Milwaukee is obviously Greek Freak. I don't. Even, I don't even know if Toronto has one, which is why I don't have them going to the finals. Uh, you but, said dog. Uh, 
you said a person that could be like, okay, enough of the X's and O's. I, we we, we got to get out of this funk. Let's let's do this. Yeah, I'm not sure Toronto has that. I'm guy. not sure if Toronto has that. Um, I you know, so you know, Greek Freak guy, he he got he got some he got some some balling to do. Yeah. It, it, you know, in my book, he got some yeah. balling in everybody's book, but um, I, I would definitely call for the dethroning. Or uh, the possible dethroning of uh, Giannis and of that all like let, let let's cut the shit about all this. He can he gonna be better than LeBron one day. And I get stats cool and you know, but nah, that's dead to me. I wanted to make the point about the Celtics kind of in this respect. Um, Brown, Tatum, and Kemba Walker, all three of those guys are averaging twenty plus points a game. So if you're Milwaukee and you just got the Greek freak, and then Middleton is your next guy, and we got questions about Middleton already, yeah, it's, it's going to be hard for the Bucks to get past Boston if it, you know, kind of comes down to that because of those three players, plus the fact that Jason Tatum, I believe, is that dude, you know, when it, when well, it gets down thing. to it. And then here's the thing, here's the thing for real, for real, and that's why I have so much pressure on Giannis. This Bucks team ain't that good. Mm-hmm. That's why you they, <laughs> keep it a buck. Keep it a buck. This team, this team on paper. I mean, hell, not even on paper. We seen them play. This team ain't that good outside of Giannis. They just mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. And that is why I am also picking Miami to win. But they're going to win in six games, not seven. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. I mean, this. What I just saw from Jimmy Butler in this postseason alone, again, I am referencing the fact that now it's Jimmy's turn. He's mm-hmm. finally the alpha dog on, on a team, and you saw what he did to Indiana. Yeah. Who I thought Indiana was going to at least make it competitive. He, Jimmy and the Heat wiped yeah. the floor with the Pacers. Yeah. So, yeah. And, uh, I, and, you know, I'm not trying to poo-poo on Giannis or anything. I just don't see that you know, that leader mentality. I kind of compare him a little bit to Paul George in a way. Mm. You know, he just that, you know, he needs he needs a guy. He needs a guy. Mm. He can't do it by himself. And the reason why I pointed out Golden State is the fact that when I look at Golden State, the one thing that they are truly missing, well, besides Kevin Durant leaving them, yeah. is a, a center. They, mm-hmm. they don't have a center. Yeah, we'll see if that transpires, man. I mean, there's definitely going to be talks about that if they don't get out of this series with the Heat. And and speaking of the Heat, I got to go to the chat for a second. We got a Miami Heat fan in the chat room, uh, Miss Mocha Bella. She says, so, Trey, what if the Heat win in game two? What are you going to say? Uh, well, I'm, at that point, if they're down 0-2, then it, it's hurting for the Bucks. You can't go down 0-2 and think you're just going to rack off four in a row. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. For real. And what up to Miss Girly Girl in the chat, too? What's appreciate happening, Girly Girl? Appreciate, appreciate you. How you doing, Miss Girly Girl? Um, so let's let's talk about this Boston and Toronto series. And I'm, I'm, I got the game on right now. It's the fourth quarter. Uh, Raptors are down by three points. It's three minutes left in the fourth quarter. Um, I've just seen Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart, they hit like five threes in a row. Oh, word? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So if the Raptors and, uh, go and down, I'm sorry. Go I'm, ahead. I'm sorry, Trey. And <laughs> I don't think Marcus Smart is hitting jumpers on mm. a Toronto team that's supposed to be going to the finals. Are they supposed yeah, to? Yeah, Marcus Smart is not a great finals. I don't that's know what Tor- you be saying to me. 
They be saying to me like Toronto going to the finals and they and they letting the likes and and again no shade to Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart is a defensive player. He is not a, a jump shooter. Right. If no, I, I get if you. The, I get you. If that I, was a not, not 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 interrupt you, Trey. But if that was a subtle way of calling me out, Maestro, excellent job there because I did pick Toronto to go to the uh, at least the conference finals. Oh, so I, what what do I what did I see from game one? It was it was a blowout. All right, the Raptors did not yep. look good what whatsoever. So that was that's obviously not great for my prediction. Boston is currently up ninety seven ninety two with about three seventeen to go. Also not really looking good for my prediction. However, I understand that this is you know game two, so I'd like to see what happens in the next five games. But what I what I talked about specifically, why this matchup was going to be so good, was the coaching matchup. And that mm-hmm. it was going to be a close-knit game. It was going to be a very defensive balance. Like, this is the kind of score I predicted was going to happen. You know, a very close, not a high-scoring game. I have a feeling, though, and I know it's about 2.34 left, but let's see if Toronto can uh, sneak away with this game right here. Hey, yeah, I, be I don't know. I don't know, man. I I just saw Jason Tatum just cross the mess out of Pascal Siakam. Just brought him down to his knees, man. Uh, yeah, man, that's not good. That's not good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They showing the replay of it right now. What? 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 Y'all, man. Yeah, it's it's, it's not mm. good for Toronto. Man. <laughs> All right. Well, that. Well, you know what? I got Nuggets next, so you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, yeah. Right. 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 Man. So. 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 Um. So I. I guess if if the Raptors go down, man. O two. I mean, it's a lock. It's almost like. I mean, oh, I'm not going to lock nothing at O two in no series. Let me be clear. I will say that it looks very, very bad. Yeah. In a, in a bubble, anyway. I yeah, it looks very. Yeah, I can't. I can't call it. We just got finished watching the Rockets be uh, be up two zero. We, you know what I'm saying? So that's true. It, that's true. It can happen. O two ain't ain't the dunzo for me, mm-hmm. but it looks bad. And let's be clear, it looked bad because it, you know if we're talking about the uh, the Raptors and Celtics series, it looks bad because who is going to put this team on their back? Mm-hmm. In the Raptors, who is going to say enough? Enough. We're not going to sit here and watch y'all dog us the way y'all been dogging us. Right. See, right. I come on his knees right now. Marcus Smart hitting threes. Like, it's... it's, it's <laughs> yeah. Kemba Walker, is... Kemba Walker just knocked down a three to put him up by uh, six. It's... Yeah. Yeah. It's, look, this again, again, uh, the, Raptors, the Raptors are a well-coached team. They... Uh, it's... You'd be, you be hard-pressed to see the Raptors really just be flat-out dominated by anybody based on their coaching... Yep. Based on their coach and their coaching ability, but it's just—I mean—is it—is it—is it to give kudos to a coach who could just keep staying within five in a series as they getting swept? No. And speak of coaching, you got a good one with the Celtics too, when Brad Stevens and and he just got the talent. Absolutely. He just has the talent. Yeah, yeah. I love the Kemba Walker pickup in the off season, though, man. I mean, because that guy—I mean, you talk about a guy that can knock down some shots and it's not scared of the moment. Kimball Walker's not scared of no moment. And that's what's that's what's troubling for any team that has to go against Boston in the East anyway. I don't I don't know and about that's the, the thing. West. That's and that's the thing. As this team as this team evolves, it's gonna be Tatum who's who got it on his back. But let's say that but let's say he gotta kick it out. He got it he got it to two guys mm-hmm. 
he can kick it out to two guys in Brown, Jalen Brown and, and Kimball Walker who will take the shot, who are waiting yep. to take the shot. Yep. Yeah. And, and Tatum there again, you just knocked down another. Oh, no, I guess they leave it off. I guess it was a technical foul. Raptors right. are lucky right here. Yeah. All yeah. right. Come on. Let's get that free throw. Let's go. Right, say, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Get the free throw. Get the possession. And you do down all by, that. So let's go get a three. So, so, my, so, okay, so <laughs> Maestro, so for, for you, it's, it's Miami and Boston in the Eastern Conference final. Yeah. And that's, and that, and that is going to be a tough, uh, that's going to be a tough one. Yeah, for both teams that that'll be for that'll both be teams, tough. but that's going to be that's going to be a good series. Yep, yep. And you and uh, Jordan, you got the Heat and the Raptors. Yes, and and no matter which way you look at it, like uh, Toronto and Boston, that's a more difficult series to predict. Miami is going to easily get to the conference finals. Mm-hmm. You heard it here first on uh, on on the Barbershop Sports Talk podcast. I call out Jordan Rosario calls out that Miami will get there in six games, and uh, no matter which opponent uh, Miami plays, it's going to be a tough one. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, that's that's crazy. Yeah. So before I get to the next subject, I just want to kind of close the basketball conversation with obviously what went on last week. So the Milwaukee Bucks. They elected to boycott their game against the Magic last week, and that was just a big ripple effect, not amongst just the NBA, but um, throughout Major League Baseball, uh, tennis, hockey, and a few other sports, soccer. And I I thought it was just great to see um, these athletes, you know, exercise their power to make these owners understand that, hey, we're just we're just not going to settle for anything. Um, we, we're just going to have to come together with something, some kind of conclusion, um, you know, to get what we want. So it was a beautiful sight to see last week. I think there was like three games or three days, I should say, of no basketball um, with the baseball. There were, you know, several teams that elected not to play, not the entire um, league. And then you had the hockey and playoffs. Those teams did their, you know, they did their thing. So I guess my question to both of you um what is the end game at this point? Like everybody's back playing. These games are going on. Um, we, we, I guess kind of know very little about what's, you know, going on behind the scenes and, you know, what conversations were had. But at, at the end of the day, there's gotta be an end game to this. So in your, in y'all's opinion, where, where, where do we go from here? Do you want this, uh, first maestro? Go ahead, no, go ahead man. So where do we where do we end up going? I mean my I alluded to and we're talking about the uh, the boycotts, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, yep. So what what I believe is going to happen, Leo on uh, on our last episode alluded to this and I really think this is a good idea with the boycotts. I definitely believe there's going to be another one in the NBA. Now, I understand that there's already something put in place that essentially said the NBA essentially said you can't do that. But I I have a feeling that and it's going to be unannounced. So you're not going to know about it, just like you really didn't know that the boycotts were going to happen early uh, back on Wednesday, Thursday and Friday. It's going to be unannounced. And I 
feel like it's going to, and unfortunately, I can't believe I'm saying this, but it's going to be connected to another unfortunate incident that we're going to find out uh, later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, for me, man, uh, for me, uh, first off, let me, uh, you know, give a round of applause, uh, a hand clap for everybody who took place in the boycotts. Um, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, Kenny Smith, the Lakers, the uh, Clippers, uh, um, um, the uh, Bucks. I just said the Bucks. Everybody who 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 was involved. Uh, the NBA and as a whole, obviously, um, everybody who was involved in, um, you know, showing a sign of protest, uh, I appreciate the gesture. Um, but again, and I don't want to can of worms again. I, I I'd be lying to you if I if I didn't say I am uh, not mentally <laughs> capable of having another one of those mentally draining conversations about why in 2020 we still dealing with this bullshit um but i'll say this i appreciate everybody's gestures um and keep them coming um and let's keep the dialogue for change open yeah facts so here's kind of where i'm at with it and there's always seems to be a lot of questions from people who don't understand the economics of sports and doesn't acknowledge that these billionaire owners have clout. You know, they know people they're in relationships, you know, particularly business relationships with other important people. And so for folks out there that want to question, well, what does this boycott do? You know, is it going to stop, you know, the killings of black people in the streets is it gonna you know stop us from being profiled is it no it's it's not gonna stop us from you know us being killed in the streets as black men it's it's not gonna stop the systemic racism in this country it's not gonna stop any of that but what the boycott does is that it puts billionaire owners at a crossroads It, it it puts these important people with decisions to make. So mm-hmm. I, so I, I'll give you an example and I don't think this gets talked about enough, but every time you hear one of these owners of these franchises, it doesn't matter whether it's baseball, basketball, football, whatever you hear these owners cry out for new facilities or they cry out for new stadiums because their current stadium situation is no good. Who are they who are they talking to when they, you know, cry for stuff like that? They're talking to city officials, they're talking to mayors, they're talking to important people in city halls all across the country. So mm-hmm. what happens? Either they relocate their team someplace, or the city says, you know what, we don't want you to leave because we acknowledge your economic impact on our city. So we're gonna right. grant you this money. We're going to grant you these opportunities so that you can get a new facility or you can get a new ballpark arena or whatever. And to me, I think that further proves that these business owners, these billionaire franchise owners, they have relationships with people in higher power um, that runs these cities. So Mm -hmm. you can't tell me that, you know, they can't influence change. In the community, you can't tell me that 
they can't knock on the door or make a phone call to somebody at City Hall and say, hey, man, I, I need you to meet me out here in these streets. Let, let's have a conversation. Let's let's talk about changes and reform. Let's talk about uh, what we could do to be you know, better police in the community. Let's let's talk about these things. These billionaire yeah. owners have the power to start these conversations and you you know every time you have a Breonna Taylor or George Floyd you know that this same stuff keeps happening these same conversations keep coming up and you know and I'll loot the maestro this it's a draining conversation to have it it's a tiresome conversation but it's exhausting I, it is. It, it it really is. But I I think what needs to not notice is is that don't underestimate the importance of sports when it comes to the economic portions of it because they do make a big difference in what city officials you know and what they make decisions whether they want to keep the team whether they want you know hey we can't give you the money so you're gonna have to find someplace else they can. These billionaire owners have the power. You know, Jerry Jones has a, enough money under a sidewalk to where he can go to somebody in Texas and say, hey, I need, I need you to change this law for me. My, my players aren't um, happy about what's going on and I'm losing business because of that, because they're boycotting. These other these other owners have that same power. So I, I, I just wanted to get that off my chest. And, you know, if you guys don't have nothing, man, I, I just go right to the next subject. I move. I I will say I will say one thing. Sports does have an immediate impact, and I know we had talked about uh, Chadwick Boseman earlier. Uh, rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman. But he did play uh, Jackie Robinson and and forty two, and you know Jackie Robinson to me is the best early example that I could see like sports really impacting you know life the way that. At least it did, you know, back back then when, you know, African-American black players weren't even allowed to play baseball. Mm -hmm. So moving down the line, what what does that all mean? With what happened, because it wasn't just the NBA boy, a joint collective effort by the WNBA, the NHL, and the MLB to not only postpone Wednesday, but then go Thursday and Friday. That's significant to me, and that's why when I tie this all back in together, that we're going to see another movement like this. I will not predict when that happens, but definitely expect another boycott of some sort to happen. Yeah. 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 But, yeah, unfortunately, it's going to be on the life of another black man or woman. And you know, that's, that's just the unfortunate part of it. And, and, and believe me, Maestro, I don't say this. With, it, it's not easy for me to say this. Yeah. But if we're going to move this conversation the way this conversation needs to be moved, if we need to expose the ugly truth of it all, something like this has to happen. And I don't say that easily. I really don't. Yeah. No, I hear you. I hear you, man. I uh, want to say what up to a couple people in the chat. Uh, we got Deacon Dell. Uh, the blues man up here in the chat room. Appreciate your support. What's up, Deacon? So, um, want to get into a football topic here. Um, Leonard Fournette is now on the street after being cut by Jacksonville, and and Jacksonville is basically having a fire sale. They're just yeah, which, tanking which for the, you know, 
Nobody's surprised by this, right? No, no, nope. nobody's surprised. They're nobody's a crappy organization. Nothing surprising there. Yep, yep. And and you already had the um, Ngakwe trade to the Vikings, which I think was a great uh, trade for the Vikings. Um, but but kind of getting to Fournette for a minute here, and I and I said this to you in the past, Maestro, that I always thought that if the Jags would ever cut him, that the Pittsburgh Steelers was probably the best fit for him at that time. At but that now time, that we're here, right. what what you think? No, nope. you, nope. you don't want Leonard Fournette. Nope, going to cost me four. It's going to cost me at least four million dollars. That's not a good move right now. Four million dollars, man. That's that's, that's cheap. Mm. That's cheap mm-hmm. for running back. You seen that salary cap? It's over the cap. We not we we ain't got no whole bunch of money right now. Oh, okay. We ain't got no whole nah. It 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 just nah. It's it's not a good move. I mean, if we could get them for the low, yeah, of course we would love them to afford that right now. But mm-hmm. um, nah, it, it just ain't the move right now. Mm-hmm. I respect it. I don't. I don't. Not 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 in this situation. I I don't. I don't believe he's that much of an asset where I need to sit here and dream about Leonard Fournette being on our, being on my team. Look, I, I take my I take my chances with uh, Ben Roethlisberger at quarterback healthy. Um, that helps James Conner stay healthy. I'm about and, to say uh, you take your chances at James Conner if we're just talking the running back position. Well, well, no, we are throwing team, so that 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 helps James Conner. That helps. Uh, um, we got a young boy in Benny Snell that I like, so I'm I'm looking forward. Is to Big him Ben going to last this year? Um, that's my hope. <laughs> uh, all okay. the, all, I mean, all you could do is all you could do is hope. I, I, I got mean, questions about that. He can. <laughs> Me like, too. Look, I tell you what, he's the. He, um, we got a decent offensive line. He is. Uh, I mean, and and if we're talking about his injury last year, it was an elbow injury, which means he did it throwing the ball. Um, you know, so we, yeah. we, we hope that they did all the necessary surgery and got him back. He lost a little bit of weight. You know, the whole, the whole shit they try to tell you to, to uh, convince you that he's going to be okay. All I had is that hope that he's going to be okay. Um, like I said, it's going to help James Conner. Benny Snell is a young boy coming up. I like what he's doing on the field coming up. And we got Boogie McFarlane from Merlin. Uh, we, we, we good over here. Well, look, I think, and you could tell me if I'm off base, and I'm sure you're going to tell me I'm off base about this. I'm not sure that you guys being a throwing team is going to be good for that defense that you guys got. That's Y'all got a top three defense right now, and I'm just not sure that just slinging it all over the lot is, is going to help that defense do what it do. I mean, yeah, but James Conner is good enough because of the threat of Ben Roethlisberger. I'm not saying that we're going to be – I'm not saying – I'm not talking about 70-30. I'm talking about more 40-60. Okay. Or 45-55. Yeah, you know, okay. yeah, but we're – yeah, but we, I mean, we're clearly a throwing team on a, on the arm of one of the better quarterbacks um, in the league. When I say better, I don't mean top 10. Well, I, I, I would put Ben Roethlisberger top 10 right now. Just on his, I would put him top ten right now. I'm sure, but go ahead. But in the but in the scheme of objectivity, he's at least top fifteen. Yeah, I'll buy that. Yeah, so I mean, for for that for that, I think that's good enough with his defense to 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 make the necessary strides. Mm-hmm. I'll take that for his last two years, and let's be clear, we 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 on his swan song right now. So I'm riding with my quarterback of you know since 2004. 
Yeah, there's no question they got to be a balanced um, offense. There's certainly no question about that. What you got, Jordan? Uh, before I bring my Ford for net point, not to hijack the show, but uh, Celtics have ultimately won game two. So my prediction yep, is in question. They're definitely in question. Going back to Fournette, <laughs> so I have a short list. One team in particular that's really selfish for me, but two sensible teams. And I'll start off with the sensible teams first. Mm-hmm. One, the New Orleans Saints. Why? Because of what's going on with Alvin Kamara. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard Alvin- about that. They trying to trade him? They're trying not only to trade him, but there's a contract dispute in the fact that, you know, Kamara's making about $2.1 million this year. And, you know, mm-hmm. obviously Kamara doesn't feel like he's a $2.1 million guy, which I do agree with him, in fact. Yep. And because of that dispute, the Saints are looking to trade him. So Fournette kind of filling in because besides Fournette, who else you got? Ty Montgomery? No. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> what's his name Murray? is still there? No. Yeah. No, I mean no. Latavius Murray there still right. He don't believe. He's there. saying he don't believe in Murray. He said he don't, don't believe, believe in Murray. Murray. No, I don't. Um, look, he's not a starting. He's not a starter. Latavius Murray in my book, no. But um, I in the scheme of what uh in the scheme of what um Kamara does. Leonard Fournette is not going to be a, a, a serviceable guy. Um, Leonard Fournette, I mean, Leonard Fournette, uh, Kamara is a, he's going to get you 50, 60 catches along with that. I don't believe Fournette is that guy. Well, so Fournette to me, I just think he got a bad rap in Jacksonville, if you want me to be honest. I mean, okay. do, do you really expect me to think that Fournette would do well against that offensive line they put together? The fact that he had to essentially line up behind a Blake Bortles, who in my opinion sucks, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, Nick Foles, yeah. who got a lucky break in Philadelphia, he uh, essentially showed you what he was like in Jacksonville. Now he's out in Chicago trying to beat out Mitch Trubisky and struggling, which is a problem because Trubisky is god awful. Yeah. And, and now you and now Gardner Minshew, you know, he I'll, I'll give him some credit. He's a very good quarterback, but I definitely need to see a lot more of him before I'm crowning him Jaguars official. So for Nat, let me get him into a competent organization like the Saints with a Drew Brees with a Sean Payton that knows offense and made Kamara, you know, the 2017 offensive rookie of the year, if I may add. Or you could take him to the Patriots, who, you know what, if Fournette's looking to prove himself, he's kind of under that same umbrella like Cam Newton over there. So there's a little bit of story with that. Now, is Fournette going to be the star there? No, he's going to be placed under a platoon. But if Fournette wants to win, you know, some rings and bring some credibility to himself, prove himself, then... New England's not a bad choice. Now, this next team, this is a very fish, selfish uh, request. I love selfishness. <laughs> Can the Broncos pick him up? Let's get that three-headed monster going with Lindsey, Gordon, and Fournette. Are you kidding me? That would be Are a problem. Are you kidding me? That would be, that yeah. Would be a problem. Yeah. And I, I I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what because I said this uh, I said this in, you know, in circles. If Fournette is picked up by Denver, the Denver Broncos will be your 2020 AFC West champions. Mm. <laughs> wow. You uh, heard it. Man, 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 you talking, man. talking talking big right now. What's That's big. That's that's big boy talk right there, Joe. Hot takes. I like it. 
I'm nothing but hot takes. Keep them coming. Oh, man. <laughs> well, well, here's a team that I thought could use Leonard Fournette. And it's funny you brought the Patriots up because it would sort of kind of be like that LeGarrette Blunt type situation where he goes over there and he, you know, kind of does similar things like LeGarrette Blunt did. They kind of play did. the same style, too. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. so I, I I kind of agree with you there. And and even with the Saints situation, if anything, I would get LeGarrette Blunt and keep Alvin Kamara. I wouldn't swap them, you know, for you no mean, reason whatsoever. Leonard Fournette, you mean? Leonard Fournette, right. I, I, I would you know, pick him up and keep Alvin Kamara. But the one team that I think could use, um, I'm about to say LeGarrette Blunt again, um, Leonard Fournette, I think the Eagles should take a run at this guy. Mm. And the Eagles for a long time have had these undersized running backs, and they were great, great undersized running backs. LaShawn McCoy, Brian Westbrook, um, and, you know, you kind of go. Jay for one year. Who's that? Uh, Jay Ajayi for one Jay, year. I wouldn't Jay call Ajayi. him on the side. Jay Ajayi was a big boy. Oh, he was? Oh, was yeah, he? Jay was a big boy. Yeah, Jay Ajayi was like two, 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 225, two, 230. Oh, okay. So he played a little small, but I I could be completely wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, but, but kind of getting to the point, I think that, I mean, what was the last, like, bruising running back that the Eagles had? Deuce Staley? Um, starting, I mean, Jordan Howard was there. They, Jordan Howard has a bruising style. Uh, he was there. Um, uh, um, I mean, I, I guess if you're talking about starting, mm-hmm. uh, Deuce Staley, maybe Deuce Staley was probably the last guy, but you're talking about, was that, that was damn near the nineties. <laughs> like almost about, 20 years ago, 15, 20 yeah. years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. look, um, they, but they seem to be very high on Miles Sanders this year. Um, yeah, as, like, a, as a starter, as the starter, um, it was mm. funny because um, I, I've done, uh, you know, we did our fantasy draft Sunday, yeah, and I did another draft uh, like last Thursday, and um, ESPN got him ranked as the eighth highest uh, fantasy running back. Really? Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Number so eight. I mean, I, number eight. Wow. Um, okay. So. Uh, that that says a lot to me about how they think the Eagles plan on using him this year. Right, right. You, I mean, do you think that kind of coincides with the possibility of having Jalen Hurts start some games, or you know, maybe no, the, the type think, of offense think, that they're going to run? I think they're. I think he's a. I mean, Miles Sanders. Um, he was returning kickoffs and punts, if I'm not mistaken, last year. Mm-hmm. He's a speed guy who can catch out of the backfield, but they tend to think that he's going to be able to uh, get it, you know, running between the, running between the tackles. Right. They, that, I mean, it seems as if he's going to be the starting running back. I, there's no other reason. Because it was funny, not to, to kind of go off on a tangent, Yeah. Uh, Sonny Michelle of the Patriots is ranked very low this year. Hmm. I guess I'd have to see what the number he's ranked at because in my mind, well, I always I think that what. Patriots running backs are always ranked low. Well, I t- <laughs> well, I tell you, I tell you what, James White is over him right now in rankings. Okay. Mm. I'm, I'm, I, I can't say I'm surprised by that. No, I can't either. I, I always thought that James White was the best running back out of the Patriots. Yeah, but J- Sonny Michelle's been starting. He started. At, Majority of last year. No, I get that, 
But when, you know, what screams to me, okay, who's that big Patriots running back that makes the plays when he has to, when you need to go to the goal line or something like that? Who you're, Whose number are you calling? It ain't Sonny Michelle. It's James White. Um, yeah, yes. In the past, yes. I agree that James White has been the better uh, producer the when situation. it comes to those. But, but. I, I I'm surprised that Sony Michelle is a younger back. Sony Michelle is a um is it he's a good he's a good back. Like they drafted him number one in the first round, uh for a reason coming out of Georgia, if I'm not mistaken. Like he was um he's a a solid. He was he's a solid. He came in with the I would think with the expectations to be the starter. And I get that they run a committee a committee system over there, but um I. I, his ranking for James White to be over him it was surprising to me unless he's being named as the number one guy as a starter. And I haven't heard him being named as a starter yet. Yeah, uh, I haven't heard anything like that either. Yeah, it's, it's a bit surprising for me to see any Patriots running back be, you know, ranked, you know, in the upper. Well, no, no, I'm, I'm, more, I'm more so saying I'm saying that in the sense of. Um, he wasn't even the top guy on his team, in uh, according to their rankings. Right, right. Well, I, I hope Leonard Fournette finds a team really soon. I'm sure he will. I'm I, sure he I, will. I think he's still got no doubt. Left. I mean, he's he'll, what he's been in the league what four years. Uh, he be has been. Fourth. Yeah, yep. Yeah, he was drafted in 2017. Yep. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I remember. I, I that that was the year that he ran all over Pittsburgh. Yeah. In, the, in the regular it's season a, and in the playoffs, so you know when Jacksonville was something. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. When when it's people thin. thought Blake Bortles was you know earned the money because of the playoff <laughs> wins. <laughs> Blake Bortles earning money. That's funny. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Where is he at? He's with the Rams, right? The Rams. Yeah, he, I think he's the backup for the Rams, if I'm not mistaken. So they sure. got so they got two backup quarterbacks on that roster. Yeah. Him that's and Jared Goff. That's a fact. Yeah, man, that, that's that's robbery, man. But uh, I, I got one more topic here, and uh, it, it more so pertains to you, Joe. Oh, man, hold because... on, hold on, oh, hold on. I I just wanted to correct what I said. Blake Bortles is currently a free agent. He is mm. not playing anywhere. Oh, okay. There you go. Which well, he, you know he, what deserves. He could. He, <laughs> I was gonna say he could stay a free agent. I mean, he hit yeah. a lick. I mean, he hit a lick in Jacksonville. So I mean, you know. Hope he saved his money up. Yeah, uh, it's, it's somebody will somebody will pick him up just to make an excuse to fill a roster spot, put him mm. on a practice squad or something. I don't know. Don't don't he better not come for the Broncos. I don't want his stink. <laughs> I don't want his stink, his stink to contaminate my boy Drew Locke. So Blake Bars, you stay the hell away from Denver. <laughs> well, I, I guess we could. I guess we could kind of get into that, uh, Jordan. How you feeling about Drew Locke? You know, Drew Locke, to me, am I saying he's the guy after eight games when you go 6-2 and two last year? Absolutely not. The kid still has a lot to prove, and he has got some very tough tests. I've looked at the schedule. You know, Tennessee, that's not going to be an easy cakewalk. you got your, pre, your AFC finalist, as the Colts like to point out a banner stating so, which is funny. But mm-hmm. uh, another story for another day. So he's got that tough test, and he's got a couple of games that are really tough. And if we can stay the course, if we can get to because I want and I want to pull up the uh, Broncos schedule while I'm saying all this. But if we can at least go 
two and two or three and one the uh, first four games. So that's Titans, uh, Maestro Steelers, the Buccaneers, and the Jets. Mm, if we can that go AFC South, that, that NFC South, right? We've got the NFC South this year. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we've got the uh, AFC East this year too. So that's going to be really interesting. But mm-hmm. if we can go through, you know what? If we go, okay, five games, let's go five games. If we can go three and two, two and three, right around there. We've got a chance to sneak into the wild card. However, and again, this is all predicated on Fournette coming to the Broncos. If Fournette comes to the Broncos, I could see us going 12 and 4 and wow. be and and That's dethroning crazy. the Chiefs. That's crazy. You got a Four. lot of faith in Fournette. That means if, that, <laughs> that mean if, the Chiefs either got to go 12 and 4 and lose to a tiebreaker to y'all or they got to go 11 and 5. Oh no, if Fournette, is, if Fournette comes to Denver, we're sweeping the Chiefs. We are sweeping the Chiefs if, if if Fournette comes to Denver. Wow! Oh snap! Wow! Oh snap! Wow! I'm I'm gonna make sure I I, I keep this uh, episode like I uh, hope you do record. Yeah. Oh, trust me. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm, make, sure. I'm I can't, make I can't wait to come back. I can't I'm wait to come to, back. Look, I'm trying to make sure that uh, we don't go over two hours because this new app that I got on my phone that could uh, cut up audio mm-hmm. and we could post it on Instagram. Only let you do it if you don't go over two hours. So okay. I, we need to make sure we don't go over two hours so I can take that clip and post it online for the world well, to see. Well, I'm going to guarantee you we are not going over two hours tonight. So 100%. We, we got this one last topic that I want to get Jordan's take on because it has to do with his baseball team. You're a New York Mets fan, right, Jordan? Yes, sir. Well, Mets are my second, Rockies are my first, but I do hold the Mets in my heart. Yes. Got you, got you. So over the weekend, it was announced that uh, billionaire Steve Cohen has been selected to exclusively bid for the rights to purchase the New York Mets. And it appears that the A-Rod, J-Lo uh, combination of um, ownership group is out of the running for this. So in in your opinion, Jordan, how how you feeling about... Uh, this new cat, Stevie Cohen, coming in to buy the Mets. You know, I, I had when I saw this uh, on the feed, I had to do a little bit of research on Stephen Cohen because I didn't know who he necessarily was. But he's got about fourteen one billion dollars in the bank. He's uh, a New York Mets fan. Uh, mm-hmm. I've read about that into him. So, with that being said. If he ends up buying the Mets from the Wilpons, I'll just say hallelujah. We got we finally got rid of the Wilpons, who are just <laughs> one of the most awful, awful, awful owners of the New York Mets. I mean, you took over this team and you couldn't even get us a World Series. We're you know we're sitting we're sitting second place to the Yankees. Get the hell out of here! I, hey, I don't at least y'all got there in 2015. Oh oh whole yeah, but we you know we got what was it four zero or four one you know that we got down to the Royals so yeah. you know the less I say about that World Series the better please <laughs> I, I I that 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 gives me the sweats but um if if Stephen Cohen buys the Mets he puts his fourteen point one billion dollars into the New York Mets your Yankees are in trouble. Mm. Your Yankees, Yankees are, in are in trouble, Trey. Mm. Absolutely. Oh. So y'all, so y'all, okay. So y'all trying to Stephen be the Clippers Cohen in New York? Playing around. Y'all trying to be the Clippers in New York, huh? You mean the the Nets in New York? Mm. Well, no, because no, the, Clippers, about the, uh, the, the Clippers, uh, because oh, they're the I, second I team in Los Angeles, 
they just got rid of an owner and Steve Ballmer is a billionaire owner that's come in and has kind of done a great job with the team. So you're expecting Steve Cohen to kind of do the same thing with the Mets in New York. Uh, I understand the analogy now. And yes, I'll tell you what, the the Mets are going to be the class of the National League to come if Cohen buys the New York Mets. Well, watch. You got to spend that bread, though. You got to spend that bread. I'm just happy that Brian Urlacher is no longer in the talking. I I know. I know. And the less I say about that piece of shit, the better. Yeah. Yeah. I I didn't think he was going to bring his name up, but yeah, he he, he can go. (laughs) No, he could take an L. Take that L, player. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry that it means Bradley Bill got to take it, but you take the L too, player. Uh, I was going to say, because some other people that invested, you know, into the group, you know, they got to take L's, but hey. Scared money don't make money, right? Exactly. Yep. Yeah, word, word. Um, So, yeah, my my thoughts on it. um, I mean, that's good for you guys, but at the end of the day, you got to question if he's going to really spend the money or not. Because that's been the problem with the Mets for so many years is that they've been cheap. They've been, you know, acting like they're a small market team. Um, You know, little Walmart trades here and there, like, you know can't can't you know run a team like that and expect to win and expect to compete so um you know congrats to the Mets you know if this does happen um but at the end of the day I want to see if the dude's going to spend the guap he will he will something tells me because I've read into him he's a Mets fan do I expect him to you know take all of his billion dollars all his 14 billion dollars and spend it on the Mets no I, I don't believe that whatsoever but he's probably going to spend a a billion or two to help the Mets get to respectability. All right. We'll see, man. We'll see. Uh, just want to shout out a few people here in the chat, and then we're going to close this thing out. Uh, we got HRAB B, the slime ball King representing the, um, BFTN network. Uh, we also got new max radio up in here. What's good. He says, go Browns. And I feel bad for you when you say that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we got the number one Chief Rocker Jersey Vern also repping that BFTN network. Who's also who's also a Yankees fan, by the way, uh, Jordan. So obviously uh. he's in the chat. He doesn't believe a word you're saying about the Mets. So just okay. wanted, just okay. wanted to point yeah. that out. <laughs> yeah, and he didn't believe a word about what I said about the Knicks either. So you know, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I love you, Chief Rocker. Love you. So, so Jordan, for uh, for the last time here, man, I uh, just want you to tell everybody uh, where they can find you, social media-wise, your platform, your podcast. Let the crowd know where they can find you at. Absolutely. So, on the Keeping It 100 podcast that uh, Trey and Maestro guest starred on, you could find that on Spotify, iTunes, Spreaker, Google Podcast, uh, any major streaming platform out there. You can like us on our Facebook page. As long as you type in the Keeping It 100 podcast on your search bar, you'll find the Keeping It 100 podcast right at the top. I appreciate the 500 likes that we have gotten on our Facebook page so far. It means a lot to us, the team, so we definitely appreciate that. You can also follow me personally on Facebook on uh, Jordan Rosario. On uh, Instagram, we have a Keeping Up 100 page on Instagram that uh, admittedly I need to do a lot more upkeep on. But that is uh, if you type in Keeping It 100 underscore podcast, you'll find our Instagram. To find my personal Instagram, that is Jordan Rosario 8097. That is my Instagram. And you can also 
follow us, subscribe to us on Geekly Goods. I will actually be after this uh, this episode be going over to Geekly Goods and doing a live stream of Cobra Kai. All right. That's oh, dope. the uh, the the uh, the Karate Kid joint. Yeah, that that, that karate the uh, Karate Kid series. I'm not he, super hip. Yeah, I'm not super hip with it, but I I keep seeing it. I got you. All right, that's what's up. That's what's up, Jordan. Man, we we appreciate you uh, gracing us on the Barbershop Sports Talk podcast. Man, it was it was a lot of fun today. Um, appreciate you. Uh, just want to give thanks and shout outs to everybody in the chat room. Uh, we appreciate your support. We appreciate everything you do for us. Uh, just a few things before we get up on out of here. Uh, you can find our podcast on these platforms. We're on Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, um, Apple Podcasts. Also, you can find us on YouTube. We got the YouTube page up. So if you guys are YouTube users, make sure you subscribe to the page. Also, you can find us on social media on Instagram at Barbershop Sports Talk Podcast. I myself am on Instagram at Trey Frazier. You can check out Maestro Styles at Maestro Styles on Instagram. Also on Twitter at Maestro Styles at Barbershop SPOR2. We got the Facebook page. And if you got any questions or comments about the show, we got email address. It's Barbershop Sports Talk 1 at gmail.com. So, um, Maestro, if you got nothing to say, man, um, let, let's get up on out of here. Yes, sir. No doubt, no doubt. All right, y'all. Y'all have a good week. We're going to holler back at you next week. Peace. A lot of us are looking for ways to start our day feeling more joy and appreciation. And while some of us write gratitude lists or do yoga... Others pour themselves a bowl of their favorite cereal, Honey Nut Cheerios. Because not only are Honey Nut Cheerios delicious, they can help lower cholesterol as part of a heart-healthy diet. So maybe the secret to a great mood all day is a little yoga. Then writing your gratitude list over a bowl of Honey Nut Cheerios. Learn more about a heart-healthy lifestyle at Cheerios.com. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal.